0: Thanks for joining us today. Our church exists to give everyone, everywhere, every reason to know Jesus. You can learn more by connecting with us on Facebook at Journey Fellowship Den. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's message. I want you to take your Bibles with me and I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to read a few verses there. And for the next couple of weeks, I I began speaking about the Holy Spirit last week. I'm going to switch over here, Austin, in just a moment. Last week I talked about the Holy Spirit and I showed you that God gave us the Holy Spirit. Amen? Aren't you glad the Lord gave us the Holy Spirit? We don't have to walk this life by ourselves because the Spirit of God has been given to us to live with. Not just be with us, but to be in us. And I began to tell you about God has given us the Holy Spirit. And the Lord just began to direct me. He said, you know what? You need to teach a little more upon the work and the walk of the Holy Spirit. And so for the next few weeks, I want to just spend some time talking about the Holy Spirit and His work in our life. In Galatians chapter 5, chapter 22, you have a very familiar passage of Scripture that many people will read and that they sometimes will miss the very last portion of that that passage because that's the catch. That's the hook. Look at it with me. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Who would say, we don't want that? Who in their right mind would say, I don't want love, or I don't want patience, or I don't want gentleness, or I don't want self-control? There is no one who would say, you know what, that's not the qualities that we want in our life. And no one would ever reject those things. Against those things, there is no law. And those are... Who are in Christ, who are are Christ, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And look at verse 25. For if we live in the Spirit, here's the hook, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, if the Spirit has been given to us, and if we are in the Spirit, which Christ is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, If he baptizes us in the Holy Spirit, then we must also walk in the Holy Spirit. No person would argue that a life in the Spirit is not something that's desirable. I want to live a life producing the fruit of the Spirit. I want to live a life of love and joy and self-control and goodness and gentleness. And you know what? You want your wife and you want your kids to live that way because you want that to be expressed toward you. Can somebody say amen? You want people around you to produce the fruit because you like to eat of the fruit of the Spirit that is produced in their life. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants a part of that. No one would deny it. These are the qualities of a person who has been made alive by the Spirit of God. But the real question is, are you willing to also walk in the Spirit? It's not just the fruit producing, it's walking. It's a daily walking in the Spirit means walking with the Spirit. And you can't walk with the Spirit unless you first agree with the Spirit. Shannon and I like to go on walks around our neighborhood. Now, it's easy if she just takes her walk and then at some point I'd go take my walk because we don't have to have any agreement about those walks. You can go do your thing, babe, and I'll go do mine. I'll get back when I... am I'll take the path I want to take. I'll walk as fast as I want to walk. And you can do whatever you want to do. But if we decide to walk together, we must agree on a few things. The first thing we must agree on is what is our destination? Are we just going to make a loop around the lake and come back to the house? Are we going to go to walk to somebody's house? We have to determine what our path is going to be. Are we going to walk Along the dam first, or are we going to walk along the path on the east side and then come all the way around? We have to determine are we going to walk this way and first. And she usually cr- gets creative. She goes up the hill and down the hill. I say, I'll just, you know, I'm going to be with you. We have to agree on how fast we're going to walk. When we first got married, I was a young, dumb kid. And I remember walking, we'd get out of the car, and man, I'd zoom in, and here I am walking like this, and she's five yards behind me. I'd get in, we'd pull up in the parking lot of church, and man, I'm just walking away, and she's still just getting the kids out of the car. One day I walked into the church, and this little lady in our church, Lucille Robeson, she stopped me, and she said, Young man, you stop right there. I said, Yes, ma'am. Pastor or not. You listen to those little ladies that point at you and say, let me talk to you. She said, you need to learn how to walk with your wife. She said, if you want a strong marriage, you need to first agree on how to walk together. She said, don't you go leading a parade, get in front of her like that. You walk with her. We had to agree on how we were going to walk. Let me tell you something. That was good wisdom for anybody that's just getting married or anybody that's been married. You walk together. Now I kind of walk behind. That's kind of the way that goes. We go to the store, I'm always the one pushing the cart. I'm just the pack mule. I walk behind. We have to agree on how fast we're going to walk. We have to agree on if we are going to walk together. We have to agree on the route. We have to agree on when we're going to leave. Because you see, a journey shared by two requires a harmony of steps. Are you walking in the Spirit? If so, then that journey in the Spirit requires a harmony of steps. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you believe Psalm 37, verse 23? Which says, the steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered by the Lord. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that the Lord orders your steps? If you believe the Lord orders your steps, remember that a journey of two requires the harmony of steps. Now, here's my question. Do you believe the Lord orders your steps when everything, when he leads you into paths of righteousness? Oh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Do you still believe? When he leads you into the green pastures, do you believe he's ordering your steps? Oh, praise God, yes, I'm shouting, we're in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. What a great shepherd you are, Lord. Thank you for all these good things that's coming to my life. Yea, though I walk through the valley. Does he still order your steps? You see, in the good times of walking with the Lord, and even in the tough times of walking with the Lord, you still have to agree. Because in those times of agreement, you have to say, Lord, I know that you have a purpose for me, and what your glory is going to lead me to will be that table that's there before me in the presence of my enemies. I'll tell you something. Shannon and I right now, we're walking through some Valleys. But as one of our little blessed blessed ladies in the church says, Remember, they're just shadows, and shadows can't harm you. Because the Lord stands with you. He's there with us every step of the way. Why? Because we have agreed that we will walk in step with the Spirit. In the good or the bad, we will walk in step. That's what it means to walk with the Spirit. A lot of people think that walking in the spirit is nothing more than just enjoying a, a glorious life and the Lord's pouring blessings upon things are going well. No, my friend. Walking in the spirit is a daily act where you agree, Lord, I will agree to live in harmony with your steps and if you take me down a dark, difficult, challenging path, I will still, Lord, walk alongside you because I know your rod and your staff they're comforting me. We have to agree We have to know that we can walk in His presence and walk in His Spirit. The question that we have that I want to just bring your attention to this morning is, why do so many Christians not experience that fruitful life? Why are there so many people that have not agreed to walk in the Spirit? I'm going to answer a few questions today and over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to answer a question of why people can't walk in the Spirit. I'm going to answer a question of what walking in the Spirit means for you and I. And I'm going to answer the question of how to cultivate the companionship of the Holy Spirit as you walk with Him. How many of you would like to cultivate that companionship as you're walking through life and the Holy Spirit is walking there with you? You're walking in the Spirit. Let me begin this morning but by just talking about the reasons why people can't and don't walk in the Spirit. Now, in case you haven't recognized it, you have walked into a Spirit-filled church. We're not concerned about putting on a show. We're not concerned about entertaining you, my friend. You may be a Christian and you may be a believer, and if you came for good Christian entertainment, you came to the wrong place. We are concerned about being introduced and being encouraged and being confronted by the presence of God. We want to see Him. And in a Spirit-filled church, we give emphasis and and way to the Holy Spirit to do whatever He wants to do. That's why in the middle of our service, we can stop and do nothing and just allow the Spirit to speak. Because I'll tell you, two or three seconds in the Spirit is a lot better than my messages. That's not an amen moment. Don't be sad. <laughs> but the Spirit. We are, we, are, we, are, we are trying to learn to walk with Him. But let me tell you why people don't walk with the Spirit. The first reason, and it's in your notes. I didn't fill in all the notes, but it's some, this, some of it's there. The first reason why people don't walk or can't walk in the Spirit is that, number one, they're not willing to give up all, lowercase. They're not willing to give up all to attain uppercase all. People don't walk in the Spirit who can't give up all, lowercase all. You see, too many people, and unfortunately I know too many believers or people who are churchgoers, that try to face life in two different directions. They try to look in too many different directions. You cannot look in your rearview mirror and look out through windshield at the same time. You can't look at where you've been and where you're going all at the same time. That's impossible for us. You can't look left and look right all at the same time. You can't go north and go south at the same time. You cannot go east west at the same time. You're going one direction. And, and some people just, just want part of the world and they want part of Christ and they want to live as a person who gets to go two different directions. They don't completely submit their life to God. Because they are still torn about the all, the lowercase all, versus the uppercase all. James tells us, he says in James 1 8, he says, A double minded man or woman is unstable in a few things. In what? All. What's he saying? He's saying a man who cannot cannot settle upon a direction is unstable in everything they do. Let's just take that to the spiritual life. I've seen people come to an altar and they have fallen upon the altar because their life has led them to a complete dead end they found nothing but hurt and heartache, pain and they've struggled and they come to an altar and they fall upon their knees and they say, "Oh God, forgive me. Save me. Do something." And when they get up from that altar, instead of saying, "Lord, not only relieve the sorrow of the mess I've made in my life, but God, turn me 180 degrees and let me go your way. Too many will pick up the lowercase all and they will walk out of the doors of the church with that lowercase all saying, you know what, maybe I can keep some of this. You cannot walk in concert with the Spirit if you're trying to hold on to the world at the same time. The reason why that some people have the most frustrating Christian experience is because they're still trying to hang on to the world and hang on to the Holy Spirit and they're getting stretched. Friends, it won't work. In order to walk in the Spirit, you have to to be willing to give up all in order to attain all. Secondly, People don't walk in the Spirit because they only follow Christ for His insurance value. When I was just a young boy, I don't know if it was planned. And some of you grew up in these churches as well. Every Sunday night, the sermon had to do with hell. I don't know if that was a planned thing. But every Sunday night we came to church, Less I was at the altar because I didn't want to miss the rapture. And I didn't want to die and go to hell. Because let me tell you something, those preachers back in those days, man, they preached hell hot. It was hot. And you didn't want nothing to do with it. And boy, you stayed away from it. And man, every Sunday, whether I needed it or not, whether I was uh, sinful or not, boy, I'd hit the altar and say, Jesus, just in case. Now, I just want you to know, Just in case it's something that I don't even know about, Lord, you just take care of it because I don't want to go to hell. You know, maybe we need to get a little bit more preaching like that. Maybe we need to kindle hell a little bit hotter because I think there's people who think that they can just follow Jesus just for an insurance value. Oh, Lord, just forgive me. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want want to be in eternity without you. I just need a guarantee that at death I'm going to be all right. But in my life, I want to have my own way. there's a time in my life as i grew older got into high school that i lived in this cycle of that this cycle where here's the problem and some of you who are in this church right now you know this and you better just admit it to yourself you know too much to really have a good time am i right You've been told the truth, and you've heard it, and you've believed it. And that's why on Friday night when all of your buddies are out, come on, I'm preaching now. That's why on Saturday when they have that big get-together in the neighborhood, you're just like, yeah, I want to, but I don't want to. Because, you know, I remember what pastor said. Jesus could come at any moment. And so you're standing there in that group of people. And you're holding that can of suds. Lord, just give me five minutes. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You know too much to really enjoy sin. Because you know the truth that hell is hot. But there's too many people who just want a guarantee of heaven. They know enough to be cautious about death, but they and they want eternal protections, but they're not committed enough to be cautious about life. And that's why you can't walk in the Spirit if you're living that way. If you're saying, you know what, I just want to be ready to meet Jesus the last five minutes of my life, and then I'm all right. That's not a life walking in the Spirit. The walk in the Spirit is a day-to-day, moment-by-moment, hour-by-hour, walking and leading and guiding and directing until that moment you take your last breath and you say, Lord, I have nothing to fear and nothing to worry about because, Lord, you have led me right here. There are people who don't walk in the Spirit because they just want insurance for eternity. Another reason why people don't walk in the Spirit is because they live good lives, but just don't know Jesus. They don't know Christ. But they're good people. Let me tell you something. And I know a bunch of these. There are a lot of sinners who don't partake in certain extravagant, sinful worldly behaviors. I know a lot of sinful people who are who you would call as a Bible-believing person, you'd say there's a sinner. They're not some dirty scoundrel who's cheating on their wife. They're not some guy who goes and robs liquor stores and paints the town red on Friday night. That's not who they are. They're a good spouse. They're, they love their husband. They love their wife. They support their children. They, go to, they give to the United Way. They support the food pantry in town. They're good people. They're honorable men and honorable women and they have a, a, a solid life. But when and when we look at them as the church and when we look at them, we want to make Christians out of them. Come on, you know it's true because you've seen the interviews or you saw the football player when he scored that touchdown. Oh man, he's a Christian. He's got to be. He's got to be. Interview. Well, first of all, I just like to thank my Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Got to be a believer. He said Jesus. He crossed himself. He's got to be. We want to make believers out of people that are just good, decent folks. I think this kind of what Jonathan saying. You know what? We run into these people all the time. But you know what the scripture says? Jesus says in John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, no woman, no good guy, no good old boy, no nice volunteer at the food pantry, no one comes to the Father except through me. It's not about how good you are or how solid you are or how great your home is or your marriage and I know these people and you know them as well but if they don't know Jesus the the scripture says that in Acts chapter 4 verse 12 it said salvation is found in no one else there is no other name under heaven whereby which men can be saved except the name of Jesus Unless you call upon Jesus Christ, my friends, you cannot walk in the Spirit because you're still in the world, no matter how good of a guy you are. People don't walk in the Spirit because they're just good folks, but they don't know Jesus. Fourthly, people don't walk in the Spirit because their relationship with the Lord is social and not spiritual. I've become very weary. I speak to pastors all the time, friends of mine, close friends. And they're in the same situation. We've become just so weary with a watered-down gospel that is filled with nothing more than man's opinions. If I were to take a poll, I mean, many of you would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I am right there with you. This broad-mindedness has crept into the church. Broad-mindedness does not point you toward the narrow way, and that's what the Scripture says. Being broad-minded makes you no more tolerant of a person. It makes you ignorant. There are people who are more influenced, and these are people who would even claim to know the Lord. They're more influenced by celebrities in Hollywood than they are by the people in Jerusalem. They're more influenced by the sports figures than the biblical figures. They're more influenced by pop culture than Jesus culture. They're more influenced by social media influencers than the, influencers of the, whole, the influences of the Holy Spirit. Take a look at your life. Who's speaking into your life? Is it the patronizing of some of those television shows that prop people up? Who's speaking into your life? Who is influencing your life? You see, the people who profess Christ but feel more at home in the world and somewhat out of place in a spiritual setting, they're not walking in the Spirit. Let me give you an example of what I just said. I know people who will come into our church and when people begin to raise their hands and they begin to lift their voice and get a little bit carried away, maybe they they move a little bit. I've seen some of y'all do that. You got some moves, some of you. Some of you got three left feet. They come into that place, that spiritual place, and man, people are worshiping God and it's just extravagant and stuff like that and they feel awkward. But if they were to go to a math game or to a concert and people are up on their Feet. And they get their phones out and they're waving their phones. And they're yelling and shouting. They're singing the songs along with that singer. They know all the George Strait tunes. Woo! Yeah! They start dancing right there in the middle of the crowd. They're giving high fives in the stands as, 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 The Mavs win. They're they're just, they're exuberant. They're exuberant. They feel completely at home. But if you do that in church, this is awkward. This is a little weird. Well, why are you so excited? It's because you can't walk in the Spirit and having an, the relationship that you have with the Lord to be completely a social and not spiritual. You see, it should translate into your spiritual life, your walk. Which means when you come into a place, you should be comfortable around people of the Spirit. If you confess to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you should be comfortable around people who are also baptized in the Holy Spirit. You shouldn't say, man, that's kind of weird. That's strange. Let me be honest. I've seen weird and I've seen strange and it's happened in church before. And all I do is I just go back to the Word and say, okay, Lord, you just show me. Give me discernment. Let me understand. Because if I could explain God completely from A to Z, then He's not God, I am. You can't walk with the Lord and you can't walk in the Spirit when your relationship with Him is merely something social and not spiritual. Man, you should want to be in the presence of God's people. You should want to be in a place like we shared this morning, in that moment where it was just the brooding of the Holy Spirit's just here. There's no agenda. There's nothing that, you know, it's just like, come on, Pastor, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. we got to get out. we gotta, we got lunch. we got all this stuff. to do. No, 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 let me just sit here. Let me do anything. I just want to wait. I just want to be in His presence. You shouldn't get anxious. If the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate in the body, come on. We've gotten so far away from that. We say, well, there's a place for that. And that's in a small Sunday school room way back in the back of the church so nobody knows what's happening. That's not how the early church functioned. There is encouragement, there is discernment, and there is responsibility for those who are using the gifts. But at the same time, we can't say, well, you know what? Out with the gifts because we're not in charge. That's right. We're not in charge. The Holy Spirit is charged. And when you walk in the Spirit, you have to say, where you want to go? Let's go that way. And we go. Let me close with this. I told you it's going to be several weeks. You can't walk in the Spirit when your only desire is the thrill of the Spirit. Let me tell you, there's nothing more thrilling than being in the presence of God. There's nothing more, more thrilling than seeing the Holy Spirit move upon people and touch people. I get excited. You say, Pastor, why do you pray? So when you start getting to pray, you just pray with some people. You just get praying so loud and stuff, you know. We've had people leave our church because of that. It's true. It's true. That's the truth. I found that out. He's just he just gets too worked up. I, I you know, I want his I want ministry, you know, to be, you know, just calm. All right. I'll be calm until the Holy Spirit comes upon me. And then all bets are off. How many of you are right there with me? I'll be calm. I'll be orderly. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, when the fire begins to burn, <laughs> when the wind begins to blow, I'm not going to guarantee anything, friends. It's like sticking a key in a wall plug. Something's going to happen. And I'm not telling you what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know something is going to happen. Something might break loose or I might break something. But something's going to happen when the Holy Spirit comes. there There is a rush of something that comes upon you and you can't contain it. That's why the Holy Spirit came upon them on the day of Pentecost. And out of them began to flow that river as I talked about last week. You can't contain the Holy Spirit. He is God. He's bigger than you. He's more than you. He is more expensive than you. You can't just keep Him inside here. When you walk with Him, He flows out of you like rivers of living water. He is in us and flows out of us because He is God. He is the Holy Spirit. But some people just want to walk with Him for that thrill. I've seen people in Spirit-filled churches, claimed Spirit-filled churches, who can sing and shout on Sunday and Monday, they'll cuss you out. Come on, let's be let's be honest. I've seen it happen. Stand up and woo, praise God. Monday, men their mouths like a toilet. Why is that? Well, it's because they still haven't died to the world. Well, how can they even sing? How can they even do that kind of stuff? Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not limited even to dummies. Now now get me, I'm not trying to be rude, but if God can use a donkey in the Old Testament to speak to Balaam and declare the will of God, God can use numbskull people and goofy dumb people that don't deny it completely and say, no, I'll need a part of the world. He can still use them. Why? Because He is God. He's God. He can do whatever He wants to He can use Pharaoh. He can use Nebuchadnezzar. He can use knuckleheads to accomplish His will and His glory. But when you begin to just live for the thrill, something's wrong in your life. Walking in the Spirit involves more than just intellect and emotion. It involves volition. Now, let me explain that. It's not just knowing about Him. Knowing Him, it's not just feeling Him. Volition is your will, it's what I will do. There's nobody in this room that I can make you do anything. And here's the second thing about that God will not make you do anything either. It's been described that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Yes, He is. That doesn't mean the only dance he knows is a waltz. He's a complete gentleman. He will not force you to do anything that you have not agreed to. And that's why some people can't walk with him. It's because they have still yet to agree. And they just want the thrill. They want those moments. They want those exuberant moments. They're looking for that, that, and they'll say it, We want revival. And what are they wanting? They're wanting that thrill only. Let me tell you what revival really is. Revival is when you can shout and sing and praise and see God's works and acts on Sunday, but you can also see it on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday. It doesn't matter when. You're walking with Him every day. He has not decreased since Sunday. He is the same God every day, today and forever. He's with you the whole time. So here's what I want to close with. If you are a person who is hungry to know God and you're willing to walk in the Spirit, then Jesus is more than just insurance. The church is more than just a social event and your heart is longing after God and you're open for the Holy Spirit's leadership in your life. You can walk with Him and you can know Him. But first you must agree. I want you to bow your heads. I know I went a little bit longer today, but I didn't see anybody checking the watch. So we're going to be good. So here's what I'm going to ask for the next for the next 60 seconds. Nobody move around. Nobody nobody hustle out. I want you to hear me this morning. I want you to give these next 60 seconds to the Lord, and I want you to be honest with him. And I want to ask this question. What areas in your life are you not in agreement with the Spirit? Where is your snag? What is hindering your walk? What is it? What's slowing you down? What questions do you have? What doubts do you have? What fears do you have? That is hindering your walk. Are you running ahead or are you lagging behind and he's waiting on you? Are you concerned about the direction that you're going to take? Well, no, I want this path. This is the easy path. And he's saying, no, this is the path we're going to walk because you need to learn something. here. What area in your life is hindering your walk? Is it that relationship that you're in? That's not leading you to a deeper life in Him. But it's just crippling you in your spirit. Maybe you need to pause. Hit the pause button for a while. Is it that person speaking into your life? Is it that book that you're reading? Is it that website that you're going to? What's hindering your walk? Friends, hear me this morning. Whatever that hindrance is. It takes you in agreement with the Holy Spirit to remove that so that you can continue your journey. God has a plan for your life. And the walk that he has planned for you is a walk for two. The journey of two, the journey of two begins with the harmony of steps. You cannot walk with Him unless you are in harmony with Him. He's leading you somewhere, and it's going to be a beautiful place when He gets you there. But you have to be in harmony with Him all the way through. I want to pray with you this morning. And I'm going to ask that whatever it is that's hindering your walk, that you would deal with it. And I want you to pray in your own way. I want you to speak it out, confess it to the Lord, and say, Lord, help me here. This is my admission moment. I confess this to you. It may not be sin, but it might be a hindrance. That's why Paul told Timothy, He said, lay down every, everything that weighs you down, that besets you and run the race. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today for your blessing, Lord, and your the time that we've had today has been such a beautiful moment. Lord, we felt your presence, Lord, we've praised you, we've lifted you up, Lord. We've heard from an incredible young couple, Lord, that's going to carry the gospel around the world. But today, Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to hear your voice, to hear your voice as you speak to us today, Lord. Show us and reveal to us, Lord, what is it that's hindering us? What is it that's hindering me, Lord? In my walk, Lord, what is hindering me? What's hindering my testimony? What's hindering, Lord, relationship with you. Give me the courage. Give me the strength. Lord, to agree with you and to get back in harmony with you so that you can lead me to the place you want me to be. If there's anybody in this room, you'd say, I don't know the Lord, but this morning I have made it right and I came to Jesus. Would you lift your hand? I just want to pray with you. Is there anybody in the room Lord, I thank you, Lord, God, that you have touched us. Your word has been real. And I pray that we would take this word and we would walk with you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this ministry, we want to encourage you to share it. And if you don't have a church home, come join us any Sunday at 1030.